This is a Music Therapy Chronicles podcast episode with your host, Trisha Coyote. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I am so grateful that you are here today. Thank you for being with us over here on the Music Therapy Chronicles. I know there are lots of podcasts out there you could be listening to, so thank you for choosing this one. Today's episode is, or I guess began as an idea that has been swimming around in my head and kind of bloomed into... Um, a bunch of other ideas kind of compiled together. So I guess there's a lot of stuff I'm going to touch on today. If there's something that you want to hear more about specifically, then you can reach out and let me know. Either you can find me on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles, or you can always shoot me an email at hello at musictherapychronicles.com. But originally for today's episode, I was planning to talk about some tech that I have learned about, embraced, enjoyed getting to use because of this whole pandemic land that we have been um, swimming through for almost, you know, we're approaching the the beginning of our third year of the pandemic. But I, I wasn't sure if that was necessarily enough for a whole episode. And I know that a lot of other amazing creators are putting out lists and resources of the tech they use. And then I had some other ideas that came up, um, as well as some reflections I have had on how much I've relied on the technology in the past year, even in situations when I haven't had to. So I hope that this will make sense as I kind of go along here. But yeah, this is going to be kind of an episode of just tips and tricks and things I've tried out and things I am reflecting on. And I hope that you find some of the things I have to share useful and perhaps enter some of your own reflection thanks to what I'm going to dive into in this episode. So like I said, I was going to start with talking about tech. You know, we in March of 2020, most of us in the United States, that's um, where I reside. So that's the experience I can speak best to. Uh, pandemic hit and we were home and many of us were quickly hard shifting to doing sessions online and what that looks like. So one of the resources I first discovered, uh, which many of you may have used, but perhaps not, is Chrome Music Lab. I absolutely love that that was um, a free, accessible, easy to use program that I could 
share with my students across the screen. I found out how to, you know, give them remote control of my computer over Google Meet, which was helpful for a while. And then um, Chrome Music Lab also has this shared piano feature, which is absolutely phenomenal because I could send my student a link and suddenly we were playing the piano together and they could visually see the sound of the piano, which was a new experience for many of them, but they could also see me mirroring their playing. So it wasn't kind of like just this auditory experience for them. It was like, you know, they'd play red, 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 orange, yellow, or CCCDE, and I would play that in another octave and they could hear it. They could visually see it, you know, doing glissandos up and down the piano, all that good stuff. So the shared piano feature on Chrome Music Lab, I have gotten a ton of use out of. I continue to get a lot of use out of it. And even now that I am in person with most of my clients, um, many of them still ask for that piano and they prefer that to the piano app I have uh, historically used on my iPad. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. The Kandinsky... Um, option on Chrome Music Lab is an option where you can draw a picture and each uh, line, shape, addition, I guess, you make to your drawing has a different sound. And then you can hear what that photo will sound like. So I have found this really accessible for many of my students who um, the piano is not something that draws them in or interests them. And I've also found it uh, a cool tool for like group building where I'll say, okay, let's whatever, maybe we have a theme or something. Let's draw a picture. Every person gets to add one thing to this picture and then we're going to see how it sounds at the end. And that can be really fun now that we're back in person for the most part. We can pass the iPad around. Everyone can contribute to this picture and then we get to hear what the music is like. The song, make, song Maker feature is also one of my favorites. It's super easy to let the students kind of just explore that. There's a lot of options if they're willing to, you know, press for different percussion, different instrumental sounds, different tempos. There's a lot of stuff that can be done on there. And then what I have been able to do with some of my students is take their creations from Song Maker, save them. And then upload them into a um, like an editing software where we can add on to their music. So this leads me into my next thing. When um, March 2020 rolled around, I have historically used GarageBand for creating music with my clients. But when they were remote... Uh, and didn't have access to my computer, which happens to be a Mac, and perhaps giving them remote control of my computer was not appropriate for them, um, I was kind of at a loss. So there wasn't really a way for me to give a whole classroom of students ways to create music. And a lot of them um, really, not I don't want to say needed that outlet, but having that outlet was important for them, you know, with everything we we have been and were processing. So I discovered BandLab, which I haven't heard a ton of people talk about. I've heard, um, is it, is it SoundCloud? SoundTrap? 
or something else. So another program that I, when I looked into wasn't free, maybe things have changed, but BandLab has like a regular program and also an education program, which is totally free and is essentially like GarageBand and Google Classroom got together. So when I found BandLab, this was amazing. It was something I could let my students kind of just play on, find things out, take their creations. And this is how it ties back to SongMaker. I could take the creations from SongMaker, put them into BandLab, and then my students could build on them. So, you know, they had this melody, perhaps a harmony, you know, whatever they were able to make. And then from there, they got to add the limitless potential of BandLab, uh, adding in more sounds, adding in more instruments. And for the students where BandLab in general was pretty overwhelming, there's a lot of stuff going on, having their SongMaker audio to start with gave them a, a great foundation. And then from there, it could be, I could say something like, hey, here's the drum machine, add some percussion with your song. And that's that's the assignment, we'll say. So it was really great to be able to scale what I was able to do with my clients with these programs. So I highly recommend um, Chrome Music Lab and Band Lab if you haven't checked those out already. I also did a really cool Band Lab assignment last spring, and I plan to do it kind of with a twist in the coming months. But I was able to take... Um, I'm fortunate enough to have access to a Zoom recorder, but you know anything that records sounds will work. And I took my classes outside. Um, one of my schools in particular is in a rather wooded area, and we took a lap around the school. They got to record samples of sounds, so scratching rocks, um, tapping sticks together, people walking, the grass, the wind, the birds. We took short samples of all these different nature sounds. I threw them into a band lab assignment, and then each student could open up that assignment with all the recordings, choose the ones they wanted, and then turn that into their own song or into their own soundscape of what spring sounded like to them. So that was one of the first like really bigger assignments I used BandLab for in person. And I, I'm going to say there were mixed results. It was a new program for the students. It was a new program for me at the time. But they loved being able to record their sounds. They had so much fun with that. And one of, this is the twist I'm planning on taking uh, in the coming months. There were, you know, street signs and dumpsters and things like that, that were, you know, around when we were doing these nature recordings and the students were really excited to explore those sounds as well. And I said to them, well, we're focusing on nature right now, but let's do like an industrial, a man-made soundscape in the future. So it is the colder months where I live, um, the days are getting longer and brighter, but it's still cold and we're inside. So in the coming months, I hope to do kind of like a tour around the school where we record samples in the same style, and then they can take those samples from around the school and turn that into a song, a soundscape, some type of auditory creation in band lab. So um, I found that a really cool way to like mix up what we were doing, get everybody outside and active, thinking creatively. And yeah, BandLab allowed me to do that because without this that program, I was kind of just using GarageBand on my computer and it didn't give the students the ability to create on their own. So 
again, Chrome Music Lab and BandLab were my two big, I guess, tech um, discoveries, <laughs> for me at least, during the pandemic. Perhaps you knew or have known about those. Oh, one more note on BandLab. I have an after-school student who is a very proficient musician, and he was actually familiar with BandLab prior to me working with him. And since I have, um, you know, some recording technology, since I do this podcast and stuff, I was able to, I bring that to him each week. I bring my computer, I bring my recording stuff, and we record his creative ideas. He has so many. And on this BandLab software, we're able to collaborate. So when I'm there, we're able to record some stuff. And then when he wants to on his leisure throughout the week, he can change, edit, move stuff around, you know, record stuff on his phone, and it all goes into the same file so that when we meet each week, um, or I guess in between meeting each week, he doesn't have to stop what he's doing. He can continue to work on that uh, as if it were an assignment, we'll say. And I just think that's really awesome. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. I highly recommend so how does this lead into where my thoughts went from there? Um, I've been really fortunate that in the past several months, I've been primarily doing sessions in person. And for the first time in a very long time, last month, I just brought instruments into many of my sessions, group sessions specifically. I just had instruments on the floor. Um... And the students came in and they would sit and I would kind of just see what happened from there. You know, obviously not with chaos, with structure and, um, but it was like, hey, is there an instrument that interests you? Let's take turns with it. Let's explore this new instrument. We don't know how to play. Let's see what these two sound like. Very improvisational style. That's um, kind of my vibe, but it was so cool to be able to go back to those roots because for so long with this pandemic, I haven't wanted to bring in instruments a ton. I, if I do have instruments, you know, we're not passing them, we're not sharing them, we're minimizing how much contact we have with equipment and with each other. And so to be able to totally go back to this improvisational style where I just walk in and show up with instruments and amazing things happen and I just let the music do what it needs to do or even just the instruments you know maybe we don't even get to a group improvisation there's not even a ton of music but just the instruments there's so much magic that can happen when we give ourselves that space you know I'm not going to say I went in without a plan I had some ideas of where things could go but when we just let there be space and let there be exploration and creativity and I have been rediscovering that magic these past couple months by just going back to old school music therapy is that how it feels for me because like again for so long I've been relying on this technology stuff and um you know trying to be as COVID friendly as possible that to start to make this transition back to um normality in a session sense I'm gonna say because life is not back to normal but like you know, the stuff you learned in school. Uh, this is the first time that I've done that in a while. So if you are like me and you've been heavily relying on technology or just like in the very pandemic aware session state, perhaps 
um, challenge yourself to go back to what it was like when you could just enter a room with instruments and see what happens. And maybe for you, you've been able to do that this whole time just based on who you work with, where you work, all that good stuff. But for me, it was really invigorating to get to, to do that again. All right, I have a couple other random tips because that's kind of what this episode has turned into, just like some of my tips. Um, if you follow Music Therapy Chronicles on Instagram, then you saw a reel I recently posted about things in my mobile office that just make sense. My mobile office is my car because I am a traveling music therapist. And yeah, I kind of just made it to be funny. I was like, oh, I have masks and hand sanitizer and instruments all over the place, yada, yada. And then I scanned, you know, briefly scanned over. I have this towel that I lay over my bumper so that when I'm reaching around in my car, I don't get salt and sand and stuff all over my pants. And almost every single comment <laughs> on that reel it was about the towel and how that was... Um, you know, this great idea. And anyway, so if you are a traveling music therapist, my random tip for you is to have a towel in your trunk and to lay it over your bumper <laughs> whenever you are getting stuff out of your trunk so that your your pants stay clean. Because um, to me, that's something I've always done. I didn't really think much of it, but everyone was really excited about that tip. So if you missed that reel, here you go. I'm sharing that tip with you now. <laughs> Oh, my towel trick. All right. And I have one more tip that um, I learned this a long time ago at a passages conference. Um, so back when conferences could be a thing and also when I was in a student so I could go to pass when I was, ooh, speaking is getting more difficult. When I was a student and I went to passages, um, I attended this awesome session about using guitar creatively and I guess I'll just throw some things out and then we'll get to the tip I'm actually thinking of. But at the time, egg shaker guitar picks were not a thing. So it was, hey, hold an egg shaker while you play your guitar. Use the um, the body of a guitar as a drum when you need to, like, you know, within reason. But in general, you're not going to hurt the instrument. What about if you use the egg shaker in your hand and knock on the guitar for rhythm in between songs? Things like that. So one of the tips that has stuck with me the most is taking a strip of paper. So it could be like, I don't know, like a centimeter, half an inch um, long, skinny piece of paper. I guess not long. We'll say like half an inch by four or five inches. Um doesn't have to be that big and this is why what you do with the paper is down at the bottom of the strings of your guitar so down by the bridge you weave the paper in and out of the strings and so then when you play the guitar it has kind of this pseudo electric guitar sound I guess I should preface that you do this with an acoustic guitar so you get this funky sound that's kind of more crass it's kind of to create replicate the sound of an electric guitar when an acoustic is all you have and this is a trick I have used many times I kind of just have a piece of paper in my guitar case at all times just in case but it's been especially helpful when I'm working with a student who wants to do something with electric guitar 
that's not available to us and I can see like things are going downhill. (laughs) Things are going downhill. The acoustic guitar is not fitting their needs. The electric guitar is totally what they want. And for me to just be like, wait, I know this super cool trick. Pull out my paper hack, weave it in and out of the guitar. Suddenly it sounds completely different. Um, Nine times out of 10, it works (laughs) and they're into it. And the new sound is what they were looking for. So yeah, try that paper, paper trick paper hack for if you need an electric guitar sound on an acoustic guitar. So to wrap up today's episode, uh, if you're looking for some music tech to use in your sessions, check out Chrome Music Labs and Band Lab. If you, like me, have been relying really heavily on the tech lately, then challenge yourself to just show up with instruments and see what happens and enjoy that improvisational music therapy style session again and put a towel on your bumper to keep your pants clean (laughs) and use a piece of paper weave it in and out of your guitar strings to give your acoustic guitar and electric guitar feel those are my random music magic and tips for today and I so appreciate you listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you did, I would love to hear from you, see how you are applying this knowledge or what you're exploring on your own. Um, You can get in touch with me at Music Therapy Chronicles on all of the social platforms. Um, You can send me a DM or tag me in a post, I would I would really love to see it. I'd love to hear from you, the listeners, um, interact with you more, all that good stuff. If you are enjoying the show, please let us know by rating and reviewing. Those reviews really help the podcast be more visible and they're a great way to support the show. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Um, if you want CMTEs for listening to the show, check out our pod courses at mtpodcastcollective.com. Yeah, I think that's maybe not all, but most of the things. (laughs) I hope that you are having a wonderful week and I will see you in the next one. Bye.